Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Pete Hassan, Matt Amendola, and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. We are joined today by Eric Anderson, former collegiate linebacker for the University of Michigan and the 1991 Butkus Award winner. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. Ready. On two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. All right, we got training camps coming up soon. We do. We have some of the right. Some I, teams did a little bit better in the draft than others. I know we talked about leading up to the draft. Mm-hmm. What about, what do you think? You know, give me three things that you were surprised about the draft or who went where yeah, and no. what, what teams you think bettered themselves and. Stuff like that. I mean, I think the Bears did better. I think as far as getting some of those offensive linemen, those weapons as far as Ebner coming in and the safeties. Come on, Homer. He's my favorite Baylor Bear. Who went to Baylor? Ebner. Who went to Baylor? (laughs) I went to Baylor. Yeah, just pick Baylor, guys. No, I'm kidding. I do that with USC if if there's any out there. But, um, yeah, I guess with with the draft choices they had, Remember they didn't have a first. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. You have it, all these predictions, and people make their living off their predicting who people are going to pick and how good they're going to be. It's tough. Yeah, I mean things right? like you even got it, the Mel Kuypers of the world, but you never know. As my dad said, you know, you never see a, you know, there's a zipper on a chest to, to tell you how big this kid's heart is. Absolutely. And there's a lot. So of different... there'll be a, a lot of surprises. Well, there's a lot of questions out there. I mean, things like the Chargers. I mean, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on the same team. I mean, how's that going to work? I mean, it's going to work well, I'm sure, on their behalf. But, right. you know, how, how well is that going to work? Um, other things maybe like, you know, Cam Akers moves to the top 10 running back conversation for the Rams. Right. So he's there. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, another 1,000-yard season. Trojan. And new quarterback with Mahomes out in Kansas City. Yep. So that's going to be interesting. Obviously, Hill going to Miami. Marcus Mariota proves that he has been given another chance. What do you think about Marcus Mariota? He's a Pac-12 kid, right? Yeah. Oregon. In the Fal- Falcons, yeah, Atlanta. Because of Matt Ryan leaving. That's right. Everybody moves around. Sure. Speaking of people moving around, what about Tyreek Hill? Is, is Tua going to be able to get the ball? <laughs> <laughs> I think he will. I think people are giving him a hard time. Oh, his oh, arm strength. Oh, yeah, what was, was that? What was that big thing about? Is, they, Wasn't there like some? They just taped him. Yeah, throwing bad passes, and that was it. Yeah, or but, something like that. I think he had a little redemption last week in the, in the OTAs. I think he threw a sixty-nine yard dime, dime. to yeah. Tyree Kill in practice, and everyone's like, "All right." No. So I can see that being a powerful, How, powerful duo. Not maybe, maybe they're not your team, but they're their your city. What the Cowboys is always. Right? Traditionally, yeah, well. Cowboys, it's a buzz. Yeah. How do they, they think they're going to do good. well? I think they're going to be Micah? good next year. Oh, Micah, Micah yeah. Micah, our winners there? Stud. Yes. I was, I, was, I was hoping that they would uh, invest in another kind of middle linebacker. You know. Is Sean Lee done? Uh, I think he's on. I believe he's. Uh, they took the, the lineman. Oh, that's right? right. Was a surprise. Wasn't that a surprise? They, I think they took the, an offensive lineman in the first round. Mm-hmm. Well, I forget his name. But I will find it here in a second. 
Another thing too, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the Raiders for a little bit. I mean, they're putting Carr, Waller, and uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, that could be the best trio in the NFL. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's something to get excited for in, in, in Vegas. They just gave the big contract. Was it Crosby? Crosby. Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to be at that. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if it's a, what you wouldn't call it inaugural, but when the Bears played at the Raiders in the new stadium last year, I was able to go when they won, mm-hmm. and I uh, sat with my good friend Todd Marinovich, who was a former Raider. Oh, nice! I met Todd. Yeah. So Very that nice. was was able to go to both new stadiums last year. Fortunately, the opener when the Rams beat the Bears. When I saw the Rams play that night, I just said, you know, it was their night. And if they keep playing like this, they'll win the Super Bowl and stay healthy. And look what happened. Uh-huh. Not that I'm a predictor, but they were they were pretty on fire with. Well, them. if you were a predictor, Cup, what would you right? what would you predict for the Commander season? What do you think about Carson Wentz? Is he going to be able to get the job done? The com- Commanders. What are they in Houston? No, <laughs> Carson Wentz. I think he's going to do a good job. I think he's gotten kind of a little bit of a raw deal as far as Riverboat Ron's there, isn't he? Yes, he is. I, I like Ron Rivera. When I was a ball boy for the Bears, oh, he nice. was on the 86 team. A lot of people don't remember that. He was on uh, that Super Bowl team. Yeah, what about Mitch Trubisky? I know we got a lot of action I like with Mitch. him. I mean, he's a, yeah. I mean, he, I think I, I like I, Mitch. I don't know if it's he got a shot. You know, a lot of people say that. In Pittsburgh? He got No, he got enough, enough reps here in Chicago, but. I like the do kid. You think, do you think he got enough reps? Because, I mean, as an outsider looking in, I mean, I'm a Chicago fan. The Bears aren't my first, but at the same time, I right. liked Mitch. I admit, I like Mitch. I like watching him throw the ball around yeah, a little I like, bit. I just I, don't think they gave him an, an, yeah. enough snaps. But or that, put enough or put enough opinion. people in front of him. It's, it's hard to – I don't know. I mean, it's everybody can predict what they want to predict, man. You, you need an offensive line to protect your quarterback. And if you don't – look at all the teams that are successful. Uh They have a quarterback, and you need a good quarterback in the league. We know that, Uh right? So what's next? Why would Brady go to – what would Brady say when he went to Tampa Bay? Give me a line, man. Yeah, got to have a line. First thing, he said – yeah, that's why he picked. (laughs) I think going there because he had a little bit more say-so as far as who's going to be protecting him. Why does he have so many Super Bowls where he's not getting sacked? Right? You have an offensive line. That's the start. You know, you have an offensive line and a defensive line. That's where it all starts, man. Oh, I agree. You don't have that. You don't have the blocking. Mm-hmm. No, no, nothing. Can't be pushing the people around. Nothing's going to work at all. Right? Yeah. So, what about, else? what about, I mean, there's been a lot of changes, especially in the quarterback position. I mean, we can talk, we want to talk about Denver. You want to talk about the Jags? I mean, there's, well, the, the Jags, Jags. Just the same guy, but. The Jags. He's still. He's still Jags seems that he's they're always. He's developing. They're the, well. They're always. They're always, they're always <laughs> picking first. Yeah, they are. But um, I think that I think that uh, where did Devin? Gonna, didn't Devin go to Tampa? Devin Lloyd. Um, he. I know. I know. N'Kobe Dean went to Philly. Philly. Actually, I spoke to him the other day. Oh, did you? What did he say? I said, um, you know, it was the whole. I I didn't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not too personal with him, but I love the kid. I think he's going to turn out great. I think the Eagles got a steal all the way, you know, even though he dropped. But um, the Bears play Philly. So I told them, let's get together the night before the game so I can steal your playbook. <laughs> so. Yeah, he is a great kid. Uh, getting a chance to meet him and his family, was that was really special. They're just a special group of people. We had a great time with them. So who's your prediction if you had to – or one more. What about Lovey in Houston? 
You're from Houston. I do. I'm a lover. Are they happy? Are they happy down there about that? Or yeah, they are. They are. They, they, need, they need some more people. They've though, had right. A, they've had a lot of uh, turbulent issues having to deal with Deshaun Watson through the last year. Him not playing, and then you know the carousel of quarterbacks with you know Tyrod Taylor kind of going down and having to bring younger guys up. They were definitely, you know, the coach they had last year, you know, he was kind of a, a player. He was definitely a player's coach. The players loved him, but he kind of got himself in a rock and a hard place situation with all that, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, and with your brother there, too. Yeah, he played there last year. Cool. He did well. Hopefully he plays there next year. We'll see. So Home, who's hometown kid in Houston playing for the Oilers or playing for the Oilers? Shows my age. So what's your, Texans. what's your prediction for the Super Bowl next year in Arizona? In Arizona, let's see. Who will it be? I mean, until and Matthew Stafford's still got weapons over there. Until they, I think they're going to be reloaded next year. So the team to beat, I think, is definitely going to be the Rams. But I can see the I can see the Raiders making progress. I mean, Raiders they, Rams. Hey, what about Rams Chiefs? I mean, the Chiefs are. Up. I mean, well, I mean, Tyreek's not there anymore. He's in Miami. I mean, they're. They did draft. They did, they did pick they, up some they did, people, though. They right? did. They draft Sky Moore. And um, they got the kid from Green Bay. Yep. Yep. So we'll see. So, I mean, it's it's it's. There's a lot on their plate as far as rebuilding. I'm a big Pat Mahomes fan. Uh, I want to see him do well, but at the same time, um, I mean, they have a, they, they he's, a he's a better quarterback than he is a golfer. <laughs> so, yeah. On that note, where our next guest, Eric Anderson, played for Kansas City. So that's, right. that's gonna. I'm. I'm very uh, happy. He's. We get to talk to him. Had a great time meeting him over at uh, Agua Caliente at the Budkiss Award. It was great. There you go. And with that, we have Eric Anderson, former Budkiss winner, coming on the show today. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. One eight seven seven Web Now One. Welcome back. We are joined today by former collegiate linebacker for the University of Michigan and the nineteen ninety one Budkiss Award winner. He also played professional football in the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs and Washington Redskins from 93 to 94. He's currently running FIT, Fitness in Teams, an organization providing social skills, training for children with autism, spectrum disorders, and ADD. He is also serving as the outside linebackers coach at Baldwin Wallace University. Eric Anderson, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. How's everybody doing? It's pretty nice weather here, finally, in Chicago. I probably brought it back from Italy. Yes. What's going on here? You're in Ohio, right? Well, you should, uh, yeah, just outside of Cleveland. And uh, we actually just finally had our summer break, too. It actually, spring broke, and it actually feels like summer here as well. So uh, hopefully it lasts for a while. 
Yeah. So what we do here, Eric, what it's about, it's we talk to sports, baseball players, so, you know, all kinds of players, and we could talk about stats and all that stuff, but we really want to dive in to the people that we're excited. You're, you're one of our guests. You're a winner. You and I go back a long time. But maybe just I wanted to ask, you know, how did how did it all start? High school and college and pro, and then how'd you get into what you're doing now? Yeah, well, um, you know, I think for me, um, it was kind of in the family uh, as far as sports. My grandfather played for the Bears back for George Hallis, back at the Monsters of the Midway. My father uh, actually played for him. It was my mom's dad who played for the Bears, Bob Nawoski. Then uh, my dad actually played for my grandfather in high school out of Woodstock, just north of Chicago, northwest of Chicago. Uh, he went on to play at, at Northwestern. As I was growing up, sports were uh, an integral part of, of, of who we were and our upbringing. But the one thing my dad always tried to impress upon us was sports is going to end at some point in time. And you need to be prepared for when that day comes. You know, he said it might be after high school, it might be after college, you might be fortunate enough to play some pro ball, but at some point in time, it's going to end. And for the athlete, it's always too soon. So you've got to be able to prepare for that day. So that was something that was ingrained in me from a very early age. When that time does come, my dad didn't lie. <laughs> it's always <laughs> too soon. Uh, you always mm-hmm. think you have a little bit left and, you, you know, you even though I thought I was preparing for that day, you're never quite ready for it. Yeah, has teaching uh, and coaching yeah, always so. been a plan as far as post-football? I mean, have you always no. been kind of a teacher? What, what was your first love? No, not at all. I mean, it's funny. When I grew up, everyone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was, well, I want to play pro football. Well, okay, yeah, but if when that's over, what do you want to do? Well, then I want to play pro baseball. <laughs> and then I'll move on to pro basketball. I mean, so sports was, was, <laughs> sports was, everything. was, Ingrained, was yep. a pinnacle for me. Yeah, yeah, just keep going. Uh, I'll just move on from one to the next. Um, you know, was fortunate enough to to go to the University of Michigan, received a great education. But to be honest with you, I did not take advantage of that when I went through it. You know, I graduated, I earned my degree, and I thought that that's what it took to prepare for my future. I was fortunate enough to be drafted and play in the NFL. Uh, but one thing that I tell young athletes and, and young students is, you know, I played just long enough to get my severance and pension in the NFL. But I've made more money cumulatively being a special ed teacher than I ever made in the NFL. And a lot of kids are surprised by that because they see these super huge contracts that are, that are being thrown around now um, by the elite players and don't realize that for the vast majority of, of professional athletes, when sports ends, there's not enough there usually to sustain you your whole life. You've got to be able to do something else. But I thought by getting my degree, that was setting myself up for uh, for life after sports. But when that day came, I had no clue what I wanted to do, really. I was, I was lost. I didn't know where to turn. I just wanted to keep playing, but nobody wanted me anymore. So I had to find something else. You know, I, I turned to the people that I knew. I turned to University of Michigan, uh, their alumni base, and a couple of the coaches to try and make contact. And so fortunately for me, there were a couple of people outside of of athletics uh, that took me under their wing to get me my first job outside of football, uh, which was actually selling steel. 
<laughs> there you go. And I and I can promise you that was not my my next love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me more about fit, uh, fitness and teams. And I know you're working with social skills training for children with autism and spectrum disorders. Is there a, a favorite memory, uh, maybe a success story, a person that you can remember the most with working with the program? You know, that was a program that I started with uh, a partner of mine many years ago. I actually teach adapted phys ed in the school systems, and she was a friend of ours, of the family. She was a speech-language pathologist, is a speech-language pathologist. I'm no longer doing that. I, was, I founded it, helped her build it, and then uh, I stepped away. But it was a phenomenal program. It is a phenomenal program. It's the little things, just seeing kids grow uh, from not being verbal to saying, you know, to speaking with friends, from not knowing how to interact socially. The thing that I was most proud of was we actually use physical education and sport to bring those social encounters out in the students. A lot of these students had difficulties in phys ed class in those types of situations. And so we broke skills down to its most elemental forms and really were teaching the basics of movement, basics of social interaction, um, and just to be able to watch kids grow. We have one, uh, one of our students who I'm actually very close personal friends with the family. She started with us when she was three years old and she was the type of girl who she was, we, I call her the satellite. She would bounce around the outside of every activity, not truly engaging in what was going on, but just kind of bouncing around the outside, mm -hmm. not sure how to interact. She acted out physically. She was very vocal. And today she uh, is graduating from high school. She's in regular ed classes. She is a phenomenal uh, singer. She's sung the national anthem wow, that's countless great. numbers of times at local sporting events. She's an actress. Um, she's going to be going on to college. Really just a real success story to, wow. uh, to her internal fortitude and, and the program. So, yeah. That's great. That's really great. I mean, you know, I love the fact that, you know, you, you're such a great competitor yourself and have a great work ethic. It's, it's good seeing and refreshing seeing that, you know, there's a lot of people with autism, different disorders, attention deficit disorder, and stuff like that. So that's really good you're paying it for in that, in that angle. That's really great. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and again, it, it's like any, it's like whenever, you know, whether you're teaching, coaching, it's taking, anybody can work with the gifted athlete. Anybody can work with the gifted student. They're motivated. They're highly inspired to try and, and succeed. But when you can work with kids that struggle, when you can work with athletes that are borderline and bring the best out of them, to me, that is the mark of of a champion of, of somebody that can take those kids and take them from being average to above average or below average to average and on a team you know that's what's going to make the difference between success and failure or championships and and coming in second place it's it's not your mm -hmm. superstars it's that tier two and tier three kids how are they going to contribute and whether that's in the classroom or whether that's on the field to me, that's been you know my motivation in working with individuals, whether it's on the field, uh, in the classroom, individualized programs. That's to me, that's where I, I enjoy it the most. Nice, that's awesome to hear, man. So back to I wanted to ask you a question, just maybe one football question about you yeah. know winning the award at Michigan. You know, starting the year, you, you know, you were on the watch list, and just how that year went, and and then. Uh, probably ending with us us meeting 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I was very fortunate at the University of Michigan. Uh, I had an opportunity to play early as a redshirt freshman about halfway through the season. Uh, One of our uh, starting linebackers went down, and I was able to step in and start playing. So early on, I had uh, I was fortunate, obviously, to be surrounded by an amazing defense, defensive line, defensive back, and really uh, some great leaders. You know, my sophomore, junior, and then my you know my fourth year, really helping me to understand what it was to lead at Michigan, what it was to to play defense at Michigan. So by the time I was getting ready to start my senior, my fifth year, you know, I really had been tutored by some of the greats, uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, that played at Michigan. I was also co-captaining with uh, Greg Skrepnik, who was an incredible offensive tackle, great leader, great individual. And again, we had, I mean, on that team, we had Desmond Howard. We had, you know, Chris Hutchinson, who went on to be two-time captain. So it wasn't, it wasn't just one or two guys on that team. We really had a, a, a core of guys that really had gone through Michigan, understanding what it was to be a Michigan man, in our opinion. Started out the season and finally got our win over over Notre Dame. It had been three years where we hadn't, and we finally got that win over over Notre Dame, and that really seemed to start that snowball. Yeah, I was on the watch list, uh, but to be honest with you, Matt, I really didn't. That was not. That wasn't even anything that was on my radar at the time. Right. Our sports info information director, uh, you know, Bruce Motte, you know, he let me know. But to me, that was future. That was something that I could not control. Uh, what I can control was was on the field. Um, mm-hmm. And that was my focus. And we were very fortunate. I mean, we had a great season. Finally was announced that, you know, I was one of the finalists and that I'd be heading down to Florida. It was still when they were uh, having the ceremony down down in uh, down in Florida, uh, went down and still even even you know after you know four years of leading the team in tackles, being you know named to All American teams, I did not think that my name was going to be called you know at the end of the night. We bumped into each other in the in the lobby, <laughs> uh, you know, as you were coming and checking in, and we talked a little bit, and uh, you know you said, hey, you know after the ceremony, no matter what happens you know, come on up to uh, Pops's room, you know, a- afterwards. And, and I said, are you sure? And, you know, I'm like, yeah. I said, even if I don't win, you're like, absolutely. So I figured I'd be going up there and just, you know, just hanging out and <laughs> meeting a legend for the first time. But uh, as it turned out, my name was called. And, it, and that really changed, changed, you know, my my focus and changed who I was, you know, forever, really. Awesome. You know, winning winning the Butkus Award, you know, apart and I will say this, you know, honestly, apart from being named captain for the University of Michigan, uh, the greatest honor I, I ever had athletically was winning the Butkus Award. To be um, to be mentioned in not only uh, you know the former player, you know, the players that that won the, the award before me have won the award since. It's then it's now also gone down to the high school level and up into the pro level. Uh, you know, you take a look at the list of, of guys who have won that award, and it is, it's amazing company. But more so, Matt, it's its being spoken in the same breath with your dad. To me, that is, that's one of the great, that is the greatest honor outside of being named captain at the University of Michigan by my, you know, fellow players. That's the greatest honor, especially growing up in Chicago. I said it in this year's award. I mean, growing up a Chicago kid and to be able to be associated with Dick Butkus, that award, everything it stands for. 
I told you, anytime you guys call, I'm there because it's done more. That, that award has done more for me emotionally and socially than, than I can ever, ever possibly repay. Yeah, it was nice to see you in, in Palm Springs this past year for, you know, I know we haven't seen each other for a while, so it was good to see Pops and you with my Pops and stuff like that. That was awesome. We'll have many more of those times. We'll do it again. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, we'll do it again. We'll build it up more, and, and it'll be good stuff. So as far as after your career, Eric, what are some things you like to do off the field? I mean, hunting, fishing, cooking. What's something you like to do besides football? Well, I I love I love fishing. I love hunting. I love uh, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't think that I liked cooking, um, <laughs> but um, I'm married and have I'm married and have two daughters. And when my girls were I think two and four years old, my wife decided Hillary decided to go on strike. She was tired of doing everything around the house. So she went on strike. She didn't do laundry. She didn't cook. She didn't do anything. We were taking her for granted. So I ended up cooking, doing the laundry, grocery shopping, all of those things. And, you know, was able to appreciate more of what she had been doing for the last, you know, four years with, you know, with two girls, with, you know, with our two daughters, Mm -hmm. and then also everything else she did working on top of then doing everything around the house so i took on a lot of those you know some of those roles she finally came off strike and (laughs) picked up some some of the stuff too but i continued to cook and i I really enjoyed you know cooking and it's funny now that my daughters are 27 and 25 they you know they joke around and say well dad you always cooked you always did all that stuff they don't remember that Mom went on strike. Mom, mom's mom's picketing you know, in the front yard. Love What's your favorite dish to make? Exactly. What's your favorite um, dish to cook? Well, first of all, you know, like a lot of guys, I love grilling out. I love steaks, burgers on the grill. But uh, inside, I love doing chicken piccata. Oh yeah, uh, is, is one of the, is one of my favorite things uh, to make. I love making a good meatloaf. Where's the meatloaf, Ma? There you go. Making meatloaf. Love, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where's the meatloaf? You know, I, I like I like picking up. You know, Christmas time too. I love you know I'm Swedish and I love doing our traditional uh, Swedish Swedish meatballs, tallskorf, which is uh, potato sausage. Oh, I love those. Uh, we do some cabbage and stuff. We do a lot of good food in the, in the holiday season too. So, you yeah, ever do yeah. the Swedish but pancakes? I, I love grilling out in the, in the summer. Swedish pancakes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, my mom. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm Swedish, half Swedish. Uh, yep, I half Lithuanian and half Swedish. So I know about go. Swedish pancakes well, and Swedish meatballs and <laughs> Swedish meatballs. So Eric, we have a segment called "You Got Got," and we're kind of just going through some of these players' history. As far as has there ever been one player that just kind of got you on a play, and you kind of never really kind of got over it, and you always kind of gave that extra effort to get that guy back? Is there any? Any guy in particular through your playing career, whether it be in the pros or college? Or that you weren't looking forward to playing? Or you got extra sleep that well, night? <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> well, I already alluded to it a little bit. You know, the, the fact that, you know, my first three years playing, you know, we really, we struggled against Notre Dame, had some close games, and uh, but just couldn't get over that hump until finally, you know, our fifth year. But, you know, Rocket Ishmael, he had some really good games against us. And uh, to me, that was that's probably the guy that I look back at. Not not a running back, not an offensive lineman, 
but a guy that, you know, that really had his way with us, you know, for a few years. And Ricky Waters, too. Uh, running, oh, great back running back for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had never had an opportunity to. I mean, he was shifty, <laughs> yeah. um, and he was not easy to bring down, and never had a chance to to you know to really stick him. And you know, he just seemed to elude all the time. Uh, but those oh, Notre Waters Dame games were tough, and yeah, yeah, those are those are probably the two guys that I look back at and go, if I just had one more play or one more game. I'd want to line up against, you know, those Notre Dame teams and just get an opportunity to, you know, <laughs> to try and tackle them, right. get, get in the end zone just, just one time. Yeah, our, our careers overlap, so I know all those guys you're talking about. <laughs> it's getting through, Aaron. Yeah, you were what, a year younger than me? Were... I think so. We'd have to get yeah. through, uh, what was it, Aaron Taylor yeah. and Andy Heck to yeah. take on Andy Heck. Bettis to tackle waters Mm -hmm. so that wasn't very fun yeah that was no the one thing (laughs) the one thing i the one thing i was thankful for was my the one year we were playing against the bus steve morrison was a young linebacker uh that played for us he went in took on bettis and rather than trying to take him on he just chopped his knees (laughs) said i'm not going to let him block me i'm going to block him instead and Thankfully, he did it, not me, and uh, that really took Jerome out of the game. Not not physically out of the game, but he was a little tiptoeing a little bit for the rest of that game and made it a little bit easier to play. But no, that was that. Those, those were some teams. I'm telling you, that was that was not easy. And then, of course, being a guy growing up in Chicago, you'd think that you know South Bend was a direct suburb of Chicago with as many. Notre Dame fans that, that there are. So. Right. What about so you were you graduated here in Chicago? What I did, Columbus what, South. What, yeah. What made you go to Michigan over like a, a Notre Dame or a or uh, another? Illinois, who were you recruited or North, by? Or Northwestern. Northwestern, uh, Illinois. Kind of throwing pops no, alma mater. Absolutely. Had to. Had to. Can't leave them out. But you remember no, choosing I, um, and. Yeah, no, I remember, you know, the the five places that I, you know, five official visits that I had lined up were Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, uh, Northwestern, because my dad went and played at Northwestern, uh, UCLA. It really, it for me, it came down to Bo. Yeah. Um, Bo Schembechler. And not to say that, you know, the, the, the other schools that, I mean, there are legends that were coaching at the other schools as well, but there was something about Bo that, uh, that I, that just sucked me in, drew me in above and beyond, you know, any of the other four, four coaches. Bo, Bo was the reason I went, um, his honesty, his integrity, uh, the program that he built, that, that was the reason. And it served me well. I mean, that's not to say that, you know, going to one of the other places wouldn't have been, wouldn't have worked out, but uh, I don't think I could have scripted it any better had I, had I actually scripted it out myself. Are you still keeping up with the Wolverines as far as next season going with uh, J- uh, Jim Harbaugh? Um, I do actually, you know, over the last few years, um, I actually helped start a nonprofit organization for those who stayed, which is a nonprofit set up to help former players uh, set up. Uh, it's founded by former players, um, for former players, and so I actually felt a, a renewed 
reconnection with a lot of the former players that I played with, met a lot of former players that came before me and came after me. Um, it's been a great experience um, and we're independently funded. We don't ask our former players to contribute a single dime. We, we look for sourcing outside of that circle. And so I have reconnected with, with Michigan, both former players. And because of that, I've, I've connected a little bit better with, with the current staff and, and the current, current, you know, with Jim, uh, he's reached out to, you know, he's, he's made a reconnection with a lot of former players as well and, and has brought us back into the fold a little bit. So, yeah, I do. I think the program is definitely, definitely on the right track. I think last year, obviously, was very important uh, in order to do that. I'm really looking forward to see some of the new addition uh, on the coaching staff to see how, how they pan out, how they start to uh, develop our players. And I'm really excited to see some young players step up into uh, the spotlight. You know, we're losing some really good players on defense seeing who can step up it's next man up right i mean you went yep. through that too matt i mean yep. anytime you play it's it's we're losing guys each year whether it's in a season due to injury or or whether it's through graduation who's going to step up who's going to play uh but i'm really uh, you know i'm really excited about the upcoming season i think we're in a great position you know try and defend our championship and and, and keep this train on, on the right tracks eric how's the summer looking for you? any big plans i know school's getting out what are some things you're going to spend some time school with your daughters? And, out. Yep. Yeah, school's getting out. So, like, uh, when we were little kids and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this summer. I'm looking forward to summer summer vacation. Uh, we are, we traditionally, we take a trip out to uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina with some close family. Uh, the whole family gets together. Nice. Both daughters will be there. Uh, my, my daughter's new uh, husband uh, got married a year ago. Uh, they'll be joining us. Um, so heading there. And then we're actually heading up to northern Wisconsin. My dad has a place up uh, as far northern Wisconsin as you can go up in Iron River. Uh, we're actually getting a, a little Anderson family reunion uh, for the first time up there. So really looking forward to that. Going to cool. probably do a little bit of work around the house, uh, but going to be, uh, you know, relaxation. Uh, my wife started a company uh, where she's doing some food sales. So I'm going to help her with some of the sales with that and see if we can get that going. And, you know, that's, that's, that's about it. Enjoy, relax, get to Chicago, maybe see you guys in the studio. There you go. Uh, my daughter lives uh, just outside of Chicago. Come on so, by. Uh, hopefully getting back to Chicago a couple of times. I will. Absolutely. Well, it's been awesome, man. Thanks for coming on as, and we'll have you here when you come through Chicago again, man. It's always it's always a fun time hanging out with you guys. Yeah, it's always, it, you know, it's always fun to reminisce and talk. And I tend to forget things if I don't talk about them. And so <laughs> it's, it's good every once in a while to talk about the past and talk about some of the things that that we've done and some of the things that have influenced us. Because, um, right, you know, there's a lot of people out there to be thanked, and uh, you know, you and, and your family is definitely at the top of my list. So yeah. I appreciate I appreciate you having me on. Nice. And usually when we talk, it's late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, late and over a couple of cigars. We'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Awesome. All man. right, man. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day, brother. All righty. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. Thank you to Eric Anderson for joining the show today, and thank you to my co-host Matt Budkis. 
Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and thebudkissaward.com for updates on this podcast. If you're interested in purchasing number 51 merchandise, please go to dickbudkiss.com. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I am Matt Amendola, and we'll catch you on the next one. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Buckus Award and Buckus Foundation websites, and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1.